I do enjoy writing about sex, and that's kind of a classically Scorpio. Ah, there we that go. Is. There we so go. We do have a connection preoccupation. I just like having sex. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, I just thought I'd have to say that. Welcome to the Lifelines Podcast, brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. I'm Marina Aris. And I'm Diane Fenner. And we're your hosts. This is the podcast for book creators, book lovers, and literary ambassadors. Join us each week as we explore the writing life, the art, and the business of creating great books. With us today is Stella Padnos. She is a poet, social worker, mama, and Scorpio. Her poetry appears in various literary journals, anthologies, and forums, including Women's Studies Quarterly and Lady Parts, a Barbie-themed online collaboration. Stella works as a therapist in New York City, and her debut collection of poetry, In My Absence, was released in the summer of 2016 from Winter Goose Publishing. Stella, thank you for joining us today. Oh, sure. Thank you for having me. People go out, Stella. If they know her well, I think. It's happened once or twice, and I particularly enjoy this seeming attitude like they've discovered something new. Like, no, I've been hearing it. I've never heard that one before. That's so original. Okay, we're off to a good start. Although, I like the way you said Scorpio. Well, I it say that. It's part of my bio. Yeah. Well, if it's part of someone's bio, then they've got a story to tell about why, right? Because I think we all are different, like, on the scale of how much we believe in it. Mm-hmm. I think some of us, we just think it's fun, and some of us actually, you know, have an I app. Think, I think <laughs> I, I buy into it 100%, and I, and I think Scorpio is you know? a very powerful sign. I don't know anything. You feel like a very powerful this is person, good. or that you're under a very powerful auspice? Generally not. Generally not. No. <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm a big appreciator of duality, and I feel like the more powerful I feel, the less powerful I am. I am. Or maybe I just like or to perceived. Confuse. I yeah. like to confuse myself. Well, That's every true, too. Sign. I do like. I do prefer confusion. You oh, prefer confusion. Nice. Mm-hmm. Abstraction. Clarity. And so, yeah. how does that work for a poet? Well, <laughs> for it's part and parcel of my poetry. Um, often in my bio, I have a little tagline, like I, I enjoy writing about general emotional discomfort, and I think uh, confusion is very discomforting. So it's, uh, what it's a huge part of my work I, and my life. Wait, 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 don't, wait let's not, don't slide away life. there. I want to know, wait, I want to know why, because I find this really uniquely interesting when when people are, are know the horoscopes, and, and am I even using the right terminology? Am I supposed to say astrology? Or Ooh. am I, you know? That's know. that's how much I don't know. We're going to talk astrology, huh? No, I don't know. I'm just I'm just checking myself here mm. because I don't know, but I'm, I find it intriguing. And I do, be, thanks to you, Diane, look at the astrology app every day I for fun. I get the impression that Stella threw that in her bio just as a kind of a one-off and not with any seriousness. <laughs> no, well, I That's my impression. I'm looking at your very smiling face right now, mm-hmm. and I have the feeling that you're just goofing on us. Um, I think the older I get, the more I realize that most of my decisions are irrationally based. Such as this one, putting Scorpio in my bio. <laughs> okay, so I'll let it go. You don't. We don't have to even dig into it too much. But tell it. So I do but, enjoy writing about sex, and that's kind of a classically Scorpio. Ah, there we that go. Is. There we so go. We do have a connection. Preoccupation. To Scorpio. Yeah. 
I just like having sex. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, I just thought I'd have to say that. Um, anyway, <laughs> if I had to try writing, I don't know, I think I could do it. I don't think I could write about it. I've never tried. That that would be interesting to well, write about having. having I sex. have not d- tried that. I mean, I can I can write a good memory or two, but then I want to burn it. Oh hi, how are you? Well, you like writing about sex, I hear. I like writing about attraction and awkwardness, but oh. hmm. Wow, the physical act of having sex, I have not written about. Okay, so you have it, not the way I I got it. Okay. Lex. Okay. Yeah. So attraction, the pre and the post. Minimal, super minimally. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. one of the things that I love about you, and it comes across immediately, is Uh-oh. that you kind of bring this freedom into the room. And I, as soon as you're there and you start talking, I feel sort of liberated to just mm-hmm. sort of like remove all filters and just say whatever pops into my head. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Okay. <laughs> just why I said what I said. So, listeners, oh, I'm, so I'm going to probably blip that out later. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no. okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you. Thank you. That is is wonderful yeah it's wonderful it is wonderful and i've seen it in your poetry too and maybe that's part of what drives you to appreciate poetry and to write poetry i don't know what drives you to appreciate and write poetry hmm wow i i love that question because i have no idea what my answer is um i I write and I, I write differently than how I talk and I think differently when I write than how I talk and how I, how I think otherwise. Well, that makes sense. Um, because the way you speak is really very free, very sort of random associations come, mm-hmm. and your poetry is really tight. My, can I can I can I talk about the poem that I like right now? Yes. Sure. Okay. My husband is dating the woman from accounting, and I just want to read the first line. My husband is dating the woman from accounting, which adds up perfectly. I do not know her, but I do. I do. Oh tight, my God. Tight writing. <laughs> there you go. I love yeah, that, yeah. and the rest of it is brilliant. If you, if anyone wants to read it, it's on thewildword.com. It is fantastic. Um, I love it. Tell us about that one. Yeah, uh, you know what? When when you start to read from that poem, I feel I feel so conflicted. <laughs> I feel such conflict in me. Um, I truly feel a bit apologetic about it. That huh. is that's part. That's not all of it. But I do feel apologetic about it. To whom? Um, to your, to your. I mean, is it based my, on? You truth? know what? Is it all based on truth? Based upon yes. Okay. Based upon yes. Okay. So I feel apologetic um, towards my former partner. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. That's um, cool. But I don't know. Like what well, I mentioned just- earlier, like these irrational decisions that I make and. I was feeling it, and I feel like it's a strong poem, and it's like something happens in my brain where I'm, I just I just put it out there. I don't know what the fuck I, that's I, about. I've noticed that about you. You just Ugh. put it out there, and I think it's really your signature and strength. I have never, uh, in any of the poetry, wished you hadn't. <laughs> yeah. I've always gone like, hooray, you well, know, I think that's a connection. We haven't been married. <laughs> Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. But but also, when you, you put it in that context, the truth is that the best art, literature, music, you name it, 
it comes from that, from that seed of being open and honest, brutally honest sometimes. And you know, the person who receives the work may or may not think that you're writing about a real person, sure. right? right? So, right. so I think while okay, then it's fictional. <laughs> I'm giving you a door out, right? <laughs> um, but no, no, no. But but it's Unsay interesting, it, girl. Unsay it. Right. Well, I just find it interesting. With you yeah. seeing that you're attracted to writing about awkwardness and conflicting feelings, mm-hmm. but that's exactly where people need to hear stuff. That's the mm-hmm. area where everybody needs to go, and then to be able to connect with somebody who has that, um, who shares their experience of awkwardness and conflictedness is a relief. It's like there's tension in the room and then you relieve Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So you find the awkward and then everybody goes, oh wow, she knows me. Somebody gets me. Oh, thank you. We all have that. Yeah. felt I could share and there it is and I feel better. Thank you. In some ways I feel like this is one of the few ways that I can be a grown up (laughs) by like acknowledging (laughs) emotional messiness. Yeah. Most of us want to stay the hell away from it. So it's fantastic. I mean, think of what you do as an act of courage. I mean, really. Thank you. you. Thank you. I'd like to straddle that fine line between courage and crazy. Yeah. Courage and crazy. Everybody should. I love it. Everybody should go out and buy In My Absence. Oh, bless your heart. I was trying to do some research for this, and I went on Googled you, and up pops a video in my oh. absence, which is really <laughs> kind of blew me away. It's like, I think if I remember, I'm not able to give it verbatim, but it was something like, I've made many poor choices in my life because they were fun. <laughs> I thought, I gotta interview this chick. Wow, I don't remember saying that, but yeah, yeah. it sounds like something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you think your, your freedom to express yourself in that way has come from? Do you, do you feel like you've had some influence early on in your life that may have caused that to happen? Wow. Wow. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Can you answer it? No. Can you say more about that? Um, you know what? I was such a shy child. I, I was, was going to say. Such a shy and memory? withdrawn. Or like, that's how I remember myself. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, Hiding behind my mom and shit, like going to the candy store, like, uh-huh. like a, like not, like kind of a loner. You were just no, trying to dupe loner. everybody. Wait till I come out, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. I don't know. Like when I went away to college, I think I, I wanted to make up this new identity for myself, like someone who was sociable and wacky, and either that's genuine or the. The act stuck. I'm not sure. You I'm made a decision. Sure. You made a decision. I mean, like, I've been, I've been, uh, it's, it's felt genuine enough for, uh, what, 20 something years? So, I like hell. it. How long did you work on the material that goes into In My oh. Absence before you got a publisher? Hmm. I, you know what? It, the poems in there accumulated over years. Um, probably the earliest from like 2000 or so and the book came out in 2016 so mm. probably like a good wow 12 to f- 12 to 15 years to be honest with you well that's I, one thing with poetry like it can be super 
piecemeal and irritatingly so. I guess all writing can be. But poetry all writing can especially. be, but poetry, yeah. I think people are interested in hearing about how you get, how one gets published, and, and so I'm going to ask you how you got published and what that was like. Sure. Uh, you know what? I have to say, um, thank you, Facebook. I found my publisher through <laughs> Facebook. Nice. Um, I'm part of a, a closed group, like a submission, like submissions for writers or poets and writers, some, you know, some specific group. And uh, two and a half, three years ago, I saw a call for uh, you know, Winter Goose Publishing was seeking like 10 or 15 poems as part of a larger manuscript. And I figured, oh my, yeah, 10 to 15 poems, I can do that. I mean, I already had tons of poems, um, but it was easy enough to collect up a more representative dozen or so poems. And I sent them in, and they wanted to see more. And uh, they bizarrely said yes. Were you then happy with the editing process and the process of, you know, cover art and everything that came after the decision to publish? I was, although I must say, like, I have, like, I have, sort of, like, I have one child, so I can't, it's hard for me to say, like, well, how was your labor? I have nothing to compare it to. Right. Yeah. I have one right. child. Right. I have one book, and I work with this one lovely and small press. Um, so I really, I, I don't know, like, how to compare it to anything yeah. else. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the book, uh, I, I chose the cover image. And nice. Uh, my publisher was very amenable to that. Do you right? remember so. the moment they told you? Because I like to remember those moments because at the Pen Parentis Salon sometimes, remember they, they asked them? Yeah, Do you remember when you got met. the news? Yes. How we, yeah, yeah, how we, we connected together. through uh -huh. Pen Parentis. Do you remember when, when you got the, was it an email? Was it a letter? Was it a phone call? Oh, when, they, when they said, okay, we're, we're selecting you for this. Winter Goose Publishing said, we're selecting you. Do you remember? Email. Yes. Email. It was email. It was okay. email. It okay. was email. Okay. And uh, I remember having like a private, quiet, celebratory moment in the bedroom. Like, yes. Quiet, nice, okay, <laughs> mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it felt very, yeah, it was very personal. It was very personal. It wasn't, it, you know, it took a while for me to share it with other people. It was really, really? yeah. Wow, that's I guess in some ways I am You're still You're still shy, there's the shy yeah. side. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. That's interesting. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in this mess, somewhere in the mess of my poems, there is a shy side. Holy well, when shit. you're writing, well, what, 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 tell us about your writing. Uh, where do you write, for instance? Do you have, like, some writers have rituals or spaces or, you know, do you have any of that? You know, can I make a plug? Sure. Um, I often go to a Gotham Writers Workshop's uh, Friday night write-ins. I do. Uh, I do quite a bit of my writing in like free writing spaces with other people. I find that idea. very helpful for me. I like Gotham. They, their write-ins are awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. I enjoy them a lot. Smart, yeah. too. Very smart of you to do that. It's good for Thank people you. to know what works to help sort of prime the pump and get words flowing onto the page because everybody has trouble figuring yes. out how they're going to approach it and how they're going to get themselves to the next stage. I still do, but of course I enjoy trouble as well. So, <laughs> so that's fine. You enjoy trouble. <laughs> so all of us have 
been or are in the process of being divorced. Indeed. How's that working out for you? Hmm. Six words. Six words. Six words. No pressure. No pressure. Okay. No, no. Six words is okay. Um, I thought it would help. Okay. I okay. thought it would relieve the pressure to give All us right. structure. I'm thinking like haiku-ish. All right. It's like a tombstone as We're doing sure. an, a live haiku sure. now. Okay. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Did you nice. hear that? A tombstone exactly. yeah. as like encapsulating the divorce, right? Exactly. That's exactly, nice. I mean, in a sense, right? Yes. Um, okay. Very, very quickly. Uh, a tough week and overall, I think... Well-ish. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it to you, Stella. Oh. We'll give it to you. Can I have a glass of tequila, please? <laughs> yes, you can. After that, do you have Absolutely. your next project in mind now? You know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for a chapbook sometime soon. Also from uh, the same publisher, Winter Goose Publishing. So children's no a chap chapbook. No chapbook like a chapbook like book. yeah a tiny. Poetry. Like chap, like chapter, like a chapter oh, book. So like just a yeah, a smaller book, spineless. Yes. Not that the poems are necessarily spineless, spineless. but just like a spineless. <laughs> yeah, they're almost like these. Uh, yeah, they're and and they can. There's a lot of room for how you designed them, but they're great. They're like a. And why actually? Oh, sure. tell me why you did, where you're going with chapbooks? Because I'm okay with them. I think they're lovely, um, but mm -hmm. I, I I think obviously when it comes to distribution, it's kind of limited. It's, so okay, sure. So sure. why did you choose uh, chapbooks? Chapbook. Uh, because of the subject matter. The poems are all dealing with uh, a very specific grief in my life. I always write about cheerful things. Wonderful. <laughs> always. Um, my writing is dark. It's okay. Yeah. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's so weird. I feel like generally such like an outwardly cheerful person and like my writing is so... So yes. dark overall. Absolutely. So yeah, so it's, they're all about a very specific grief. Okay. And uh, I am not looking to add <laughs> to this collection. I see what you're saying. I yeah, got it. It's all a very specific it. time. Um, uh -huh. a, yeah. Specific I think I know time. What and you're so, talking about. Yeah. Well, eventually can I, you can compile oh, sure. them, right? Wouldn't you think? Can I ask you to oh, say absolutely. what grief you're talking about? Absolutely. Um, in uh, 2002, my fiance at the time, uh, he died by suicide. Oh. So that is. That was, I think that helped solidify my poetness in my, uh, in wow, my psyche. Sure. I <laughs> like right know. from that day, I, I, my writing really got, got Dara. pretty good. Yeah. You my writing got good. A different, a different Quick. outlook instead mm -hmm. of, instead of wearing away in a wedding, you were wearing black and going sure. to a funeral. Sure. So that will give you a different outlook. Holy that like it's like you're quoting something that I've written. You're like you're quoting me. You're quoting. Oh yeah. I just yeah. I just came from reading the internet and lots of different stuff about yeah, you. I, so I got yeah. Is I, that in one of your mm -hmm. verse? Yeah, I, I forget the line, but mm. yeah, like uh, instead of yeah, like very similar, like instead of a white gown, uh. black skirt or something. But that's I forget. That's an experience that. Mm -hmm. A lot of other people are probably also carrying around, right? Survivors of suicide sure. of a loved one. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that your sharing it will connect with them and ease their feelings. Have you had that experience where people have reached out to you and said, you help me? I have, I have. Um, actually, I'm pretty active as a volunteer with the suicide, suicide survivors 
suicide loss survivor. There are different terminologies, um, but I'm pretty active within the community. I facilitate support groups from time to time. I do like outreach visits with people wow. um, who are newly bereaved. I love so that. I'm pretty. I don't I'm think we need. Often. I don't think we need poets to tell us about our happiness. I think. We need <laughs> writers to connect us up with the things that are hard to share yeah. or are oh, hidden. Wow. Right. I think you're right, Diane. I mean, well, I shouldn't say, look, yeah, I, I think people are mostly looking for comfort. And if you're happy, you're too busy being happy. But when you're down, right, mm -hmm. and, and you're suffering through something, I think you're sometimes the most private thing to do is to reach for the written word, right, mm -hmm. to find that, what you're saying, that connection, that understanding, that hopefully that hope to kind of continue, right? Can I ask you what sure. kinds of things, if there was one or more than one that helped you get through as you tried to make mm -hmm. sense of going on? Um, time and people. <laughs> yeah. That That's not a rehearsed answer, although it might sound rehearsed, but those are just the first two words mm. that come into my mind. Time and people. Well, um, it's yeah, yeah. It's just it's awful. It's it's an awful experience. There's no you know no way around it. But um, hopefully you know with time and with just some good supportive patient people around you, um, life can come back in you know right. little by little. And also inner strength because if you are in the role that you're saying you're volunteering to help others, um, and we've had this with Helene right. Like there are people that have gone through something. And I've gone through something. I mean, we've mm -hmm. all gone through something. Mm -hmm. um, I find it so fascinating that you can go through something so difficult and then help the same population that's going through the same thing. Like, how do you deal with that? Because, you know, like, I, I was a foster kid, so mm -hmm. I, I love foster kids. I want to help them. I want to give back. Mm -hmm. But if they're in front of me, mm -hmm. I'm so afraid that I won't be able to serve them. Mm -hmm. So whenever someone can do that, right, I, you know, I have to go around it. I have to talk to social workers. I have to write. I can't be in front of a, a foster kid yet. I'm hoping at some point I can. So how, how do you pull it off? How can you be in front of someone who's suffering the same thing that you did? That is fascinating to me because when you, when you were talking about that, I feel like the fear is exactly what will serve you because uh. you have an appreciation for what a gut-wrenching time it is. And... Um, also that there's no like magical band-aid that you can mm. say or apply but i feel like that fear is the connection that rawness um, um, but you don't break down you don't find yourself do you feel moved at times sometimes yeah. also like yeah. i yeah it's been holy shit it's been like 15 16 years for me sure um no there are certainly times i've teared up and felt moved and that's not a drawback. I mean, if I were break, if I were legitimately breaking down, which mm -hmm. isn't the case, and no, that no, would I be, I get that. That's a that's problematic. Yeah. But um, just like you can be, if you can be with someone in there and share their discomfort and not try to fix it, that's the gift. That's smart. I like that idea. It. You don't have to fix it. Now that's just the key. Be, be with them in the in the discomfort. See, but I want to save them. Exactly. That's the thing, right? Yeah. So that's how do you like? That's the. That's what I'm having a difficulty. I want to like take that away from them. And I want that's to like lovely, and but yeah, that's, that's not going to work. <laughs> right. It's not going to work. Yeah. But the way to help them is just to I be think, there. Is to just be there. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Yeah. That's Which really wonderful that you can do that. With the knowledge that it will suck for some time, <laughs> and you will be there with the person while it sucks. Sure. And that is. That is rare. <laughs> that is a rare, a rare gift. 
So you do believe, so given what you just said, I, and you tell me if I'm wrong, you believe that time will heal wounds? Can. <laughs> See, because I don't know about no. that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's, I don't, how about you, Diane? Do you think that time will heal all wounds? Because I'm on the fence about that. Well, I think in time I'll be dead. So. <laughs> we all will be dead, but. <laughs> Was there maybe one particular person or some particular people? Because you said time and people mm-hmm. were the formula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, the first person I think of is my dead fiance's father, who is also now dead. <laughs> um, but we were the two people uh, most uh, devastated. I mean, John's sister as well, certainly devastated, but John's father and I, we really just became fast, fast uh, support huh. system or desperation duo or whatever the yeah whatever, death buddy something yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i love yeah, that dark just, humor let's go there yeah yeah wow. we just kind of glued together for a bit i think that's actually quite lovely that you had that connection as soon as mm-hmm. i asked the question i went into a panic because i thought oh no it's going to turn out to be the husband that we're now divorcing <laughs> oh no that's all right hey you know what um yeah. it's all yeah it's all right what, yeah it's is right. in your absence about the ex-husband or the soon-to-be ex-husband or is that about the dead fiance. No, I, you know what? I love it. I have so many like emotional catastrophes to work with. What is it that <laughs> yeah. I do to myself? And actually, um, in my absence is primarily about a marriage uh, dismantling. Got it. And uh, an unseemly portrait of the wife, myself. I like that. I feel more guilty when I write shit about other people, but like if I I can write shit about me too, so I, I can I can own at least some of it. That's important. <laughs> my own yeah. humanity, my own innate fallibility. Yeah, you know, really, yeah, yeah. You're really oh, yeah. indulging feeling guilty. Do you? You're a, mm. you're a social worker. Don't they take that out of you? And <laughs> <laughs> don't they beat it out of you? Or like <laughs> like. <laughs> But I'm also a mom, so <laughs> that keeps you intact. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I could see that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think guilt is really gonna work for you as well as yeah. all of this taking my pain and making it open and using mm-hmm. it to connect has been working for you. Just yeah, a little. Yeah. I don't know. But it happens. She's human. You know, we're human. It happens. We'll feel guilty for something. Mm-hmm. I think. Sure, I think it's yeah. good because it means, like you said, you're trying to take ownership of your fallibility, and yeah, we all have it. All right, I'll give the chapbook a try. What are you going <laughs> to call it? Next to nothing. I like Next cheerful. to nothing. Fantastic. Cheerful. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Wow. I'm getting a good time. I'm going to take out all my old slit your wrist poetry. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to yeah, do it. Yeah. You've inspired me, Stella. <laughs> This yeah. is great. My a very particular version of myself comes out when I write. I like I'm it. Very um, can I? May I read a couple lines from this in in your absence? I love Please this. Please do. All right. Um, you yes. Yes, I rework. I rework the story like origami, opening and closing my mind for a new answer. But your life is solved. I am bullied by memories of our future. My dreaming is at rest. It's you and me against the world, baby, pushing from either end. 
I'm a true fan now. You know you're <gasps> signing you. something before you leave here today, right? Like, ah! can it, yeah, I think I want this book. I oh, will buy this thank book. You. And you thank will sign you. it. I have to say I mean, that's one of my favorite lines that I've written. I don't know if that's obnoxious to say. Well, yeah, that's one of my favorite, fine. yeah. It's lovely. Absolutely <laughs> lovely. And how, how does it how do you write? How does it come to you? Does it come to you and then you don't tinker with it and the difficulty is all in just reaching the point where the words are going to flow onto the page? Or do you sit there and cross out and read? write and move around the words before you're happy with them? Um, a bit of both, more the former. Um, typically, I'll, I write as quickly as I can and uh, usually minimal tinkering. Although that is sometimes sometimes a lie. Wait, I'm, am I lying? I don't know. Depends on no, the poem? No, usually, usually minimal tinkering. Nice. Some, uh, yeah, some there is more, the a lot of crossing out, rearranging but usually um it's much like how it was originally written that's interesting much like do you write on paper with I a pen because yes. I, I like to write poetry on paper Always. i try to do it on digitally and it's different it's mm -hmm. different i mm -hmm. find that's different have you? And Diane has written a few poems, actually, that I've liked I very have, much. And it's interesting because I am more of a plotter than a pantser, as they say. I will. Say that again. Of what? There a plotter. are two kinds: people who plod and people who just sort of fly by the seat of their pants. And so I'm sort of a plotter. I will stare at it and reread. I think I once saw a documentary with Leonard Cohen talking about he does that. I'll take something fairly simple and do it twelve different ways and ruminate about it. Um, so I'm interested in people who have the opposite approach, where they know when the inspiration hits and then they just full-formed produce a poem. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe, I, I assume that there's uh, more self-acceptance as, as I'm aging. <laughs> uh -huh. And uh, I appreciate some of my mistakes in my work. Did you in the beginning have more difficulty? Yeah. yeah, my earlier poems are very different. They're much, they're much shorter, and they're much more like, oh, like each word had to be perfect. I mean, still, like, I want words to be pretty good, but they were shorter and much more labored. But you're so, perfect. I mean, I'm sorry. You're perfect. You like to hear that, don't you? <laughs> I, I, I meant to say... I know you're lying. Sorry. No, no, I meant to say that, I mean, you started so many years ago, mm -hmm. so the great yeah. thing is you've built up that muscle, so I think your, yeah. your mind, your creative mind can kind of trust more what's coming out now, and that, that seems to me like a very natural process that mm -hmm. you've gone through. But um, I wanted to I talk. I trust my you. mistakes. Maybe I shouldn't. No, but no, I do. You should Sometimes. embrace the mistake. Let's get, <laughs> if we get anything out of this episode, it's just that everyone should embrace your mistakes. Unsend that text. Unsend that text. Was it a tequila text? No. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, I wanted to talk about inspiration for a moment because mm -hmm. we know what you like to write about. Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to know is, how are you inspired to approach a specific? grief or topic or whatever it is because you like to write that you know that mm -hmm. now that's different mm -hmm. from the muse however you want to define the muse and the inspiration for when you sit down with that blank sheet of paper mm -hmm. do you have an answer for what that inspiration is like for you sure um i feel like sort of on par with most of my decisions and decision making process being irrational um i 
I feel like much of my writing process is also um, an irrational kind of unconscious process. Like there have been numerous times I've written something in this sort of frantic 10 or 15 minute span and I'll, after I write it, I think like, wow, I, I thought I was in a pretty good mood. And then like I write something about like, I don't know, some some person being like abducted and like tied in a backseat or something like, so I don't, I don't, um, I don't have a lot of conscious, rational explanation for how it works in me. But you call it, you call it irrational, but for me yeah. it seems more just like creativity. No, no, no. I, I find it to be diagnosable. <laughs> Where's that? What do they call that? The DSM manual? Please leave my home. <laughs> sure, right. No, I'm the DSM manual? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's what sure. you're yeah, no, That's no. right, DSM. I but I don't find it irrational at all. What you just said does not seem... Wow. Well, maybe because I'm also a writer. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's all the Aha, process, right? Sure. So maybe for someone who doesn't write, they'd be like, you mean what? You sit down and you just like, what? <laughs> Do right. that? Maybe that's the case. Well, I think it's like, sorry, like any poetry. art maker, I assume, would be able to say something similar. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. And for poetry. You're especially. in good company. Mm -hmm. It's built out of emotion and you're not going to have a linear sentence that precedes uh, subject verb object and find it emotionally revelatory mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes my my work is absolutely emotion driven so what's the hardest absolutely. part of your work is it all just well I got that off my chest I feel better or is there some torture involved hmm the hardest part, the hardest part, um, deciding, uh, the, okay, uh, the hardest part, uh, my answer now is uh, coping with my irrational decisions, like experiencing some segment of grief, or not grief, guilt, that's it, no, my, my two favorites, I mix them up, uh, guilt for making public some shit that I'm, mm, I don't feel very confident about. I don't feel like awful about, but I, I don't feel confident by the same token. That's my, that's my answer for right now. That's my hardest part. Yeah, well, yeah. I think one of the things that anybody who's doing a piece of artwork and putting it out in front of the public feels is some fear and some um, intense vulnerability around mm. how that's gonna be received. So, yeah, understandable. Yeah. yeah. And what's the best part? Uh, oh, feeling well, I mean, like, besides the finished product, which sure, we love. Uh, feeling like I'm connecting with others. I think that's the best part. I was thinking the other day that I feel like at its best, art is the opposite of violence. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Especially with the new, the chapbook of old poems that yeah. I hope will be wow, coming out. Wow, that was such a tweetable <laughs> thing. I like but that. Yes, Art is the, the opposite of violence. violence. Yeah. Did you just make yeah. that up? Um, not right now, but that is my, as okay. far as I know, it's that's, one of my, your that's something I, I like that, that came to me or mm -hmm. that I made up. <laughs> I like it. I like it yeah. a lot. That is very powerful, actually. I feel like it can be a real connective tissue among people. It can. I, I, I would agree with it, that. I hope it doesn't sound trite because I genuinely, no. I genuinely mean it. 
No, I think in the world we're living in, we need statements like that. <laughs> we need to hear those more often. Um, I, and to encourage more art and for more people to be uh, exposed to it and be the recipient of it. Buy the book, people, buy the book. Ah. So I wanted to take one more segue before we, we start to, to wrap up. Um, you did mention your, that you're a mom, mm -hmm. and there is one version of your poems on albanypoets.com. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I just read very quickly these few lines, and you okay. can tell us a little bit about how you balance your writing life with mm -hmm. motherhood. I think that would be okay. interesting. So it says, my job is also says, in my absence, it says, my job is to make myself obsolete. Even this poem is meant to replace me. A mother's job is to create independence through love. I am ending others' need of me. When my toddler says, go that way, mommy, I know I am winning. And I'll stop there. But I love, again, I, I'm... I'm T totally a new fan of yours. Oh, so really? lovely. We're going to make sure that you read some poetry. Yes. We're just going to read at you. No, no, whatever. Oh, no, are you kidding? It's such a trip. It's such a trip. I'd, who hears other people read their work that is exceptionally and, and, rare and so appreciated? Yeah, and I'm not great at it, but I, I just wanted to write what I wanted to read what moved me. And, and this is so important for many people today, especially when they're creative. And they're, you know, they're parents. So I thought it'd be interesting to get your take on how you're balancing the whole motherhood, creative, social work, you know, wow. mama, Scorpio, ding, all of it. Wow. Um, okay. With uh, difficulty, apparently. I know, right? Not Something well. to write about. Apparently. <laughs> um, well, motherhood uh, provides much material. <laughs> Does it not? I would agree with that. Especially like motherhood paired with um, a floundering and collapsing marriage. I'll be honest, as I have sometimes. <laughs> um, it provides a lot of material. And uh, how old? Can you oh, share sure. how old your child is? Uh, sure. Daughter. 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 Okay, yeah. My lovely daughter Mirabelle. She's six. She's a Leo, so she'll be seven soon. Play date! Play date! I have yes. my six-year-old and my four-year-old play date. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, we'll I love to it. Do it. Yeah. Yes. She's such a lovely child. She's such a wonderful child. I know, like, that's... She'll get along with me. Yeah, yeah. Fellow Leo. I'm taking her for ice cream. Um, oh, yes. She's going to yeah. choose my flavor, of course. Chocolate. <laughs> okay. Chocolate, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um... Much material, and uh, I feel like I do best in these like short bursts with writing. So that that happens to be well suited for motherhood, as it happens. So um, in many ways, I am so fortunate. So uh, I'm fortunate to have poetry, which is short. <laughs> I yeah. guess, but you've maybe captured that's the moral. Yeah, no, I get that. But you, even in those few lines that I read, I think that again, your words are are powerful because you're capturing, in my view, what it is to be a mother, or to be a parent, right? <laughs> One that, well, to be a parent and a writer, and a, and a writer, because you're you're stating that my job is to make myself obsolete, mm. and this mm. poem is meant to replace me. I love that because you're signaling at the immortal, the, the mortality mm -hmm. sure. of the human. <laughs> body, the immortality of the written word, and the powerful impact that a parent has on a child. I mean, wow, in just thanks. a few lines, I, I mean, in just a few lines, you have just touched on those, for me, okay, that's how I read it, 
you know, oh, this is wonderful. This is wonderful, powerful writing. So wow. I, I applaud you. Thank you. Know. you. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank Keep the you. grief coming and the no guilt, whatever you want. You know what? You know what? Somehow I make sure that I do. <laughs> I'm quite good at it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know who to call when I'm not feeling so well, sure, too. I'll sure. just give you a call. Yeah. It, it's a wonderful or an odd, wonderful and odd mix as a parent. Like, you, you suspect you're doing well when your kids need you less. That's right. So that's kind of a... Awkward, my favorite. Awkward, like emotional combination to, yep. to hold. Uh, yeah. Any more questions, Diane? Is there any last thing that you want me to uh, give you a chance to talk about in the form of a question? <laughs> no. Um, give Stella some power on here. Politics. Four hundred dollars. No. No. Please. <laughs> no. 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 No, no, Polly. We're allowed to curse on the show, but we're not allowed to talk about politics. Okay. <laughs> Just so oh, you know. <laughs> Any um, expletives you want to add to the ending? <laughs> they're, they're welcome. How about where people can find you? You don't actually... Oh, right. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, okay. Um, go. go ahead. I'll say, I love you, Steven. Steven? You have a Steven <laughs> that you love? I have a Steven. Yeah, um, I wanted to say that on the podcast. We all have a Steven sometimes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go. Um, no, so one last question would be... <laughs> What would you advise a new poet? Like, if there is a poet who says, or a, a, an emerging poet, or a, a startup poet. I feel like an emerging poet. I feel like I've been an emerging poet for, like, 20 years. Exactly. I'm like, I'm still emerging. Yeah, so but. if there is a, a writer that you, had, that you just met, or at a conference, or what would you say to them? What would you say to them about this particular type of writing? How to wow. approach it? Like, how to, how to continue on being a writer of poems like how to even do it because sometimes you know regardless of the the writing some some people are like well where do I start Mm -hmm. or or what are some guidelines or maybe you know Mm -hmm. the fact that you're so open and honest I mean maybe that's a good thing but what what would come from you I don't want to give you the answer wow um Wow, one thing I feel like I'm terrible at advice. So not to like offer a complete, you know, oh, fuck it to your question, but I feel very uh, not confident with advice. I'd probably say something like, start in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to fuck with people. Um, (laughs) Oh, that social worker attitude's coming right through. Wow, remind me not to see you. <laughs> like, not no. to go to her as my worker. No. Um, I know, you know, I know for myself, if I try to start at the beginning, I, I don't know how to do that. I have to start, maybe I'll start at the end or okay. in the middle. Okay, um, like But that. you know what? Find a place to start. <laughs> okay. The blank page is the hardest thing, right? Just find a place to start. doesn't have to be good. Oh, I like uh, one assignment I had heard from a friend which is uh, write like write a terrible love poem. Oh, we so, can all do or that. Just, like, write, or even just like write write a terrible poem. Write a terrible poem about the weather. Yeah. So that the assignment is terrible, it just takes the pressure and the expectations right off. Okay. And all you need to do is just start. Yeah, that's that's a great one. I, and I it think gets better like as you keep on. So just if you can start. Okay. That's huge. <laughs> Excellent. So what we'll do now is we will spell your name for our listeners so they can find you and your work. Which oh, is, thank you. It's Stella, S-T-E-L-L-A. Last name is P as in Paul, A-D as in David, N-O-S. Stella Padnos. And what we'd like to invite you to do now is to participate in the On the Hook segment where <gasps> you get to 
read aloud from your work. So yeah, we'll give you the mic. Okay, you bet. So all you have to do is give us the title and the book that you're reading from, and mm -hmm. off you go. You bet. Uh, I I haven't read this poem in a while, but it feels appropriate since I am going through a divorce, as is every woman ever. No, no, no. I mean, in this every room. woman in this room. Every woman ever <laughs> in this room presently, <laughs> right now. Uh, this poem is called "A Small Space," and it's from uh, "In My Absence." which was written by Stella Padnos Shea when I was still more of a Stella Padnos Shea. Who the hell am I? I I'll never know. <laughs> okay, but anyway, a small space. Between the back seats, a car seat, a small space designed to secure the product of our sex, a small space where we store our unspokens and our expressions of sing-songy glee. The resentment will have to wait in the back seat of our voices. Can you hear it, darling? We don't sleep. We speak to the car seat, to the adored flesh strapped into its safety and monotony. We ask, where is the apple? Between the voices, we assume something else lives or lived. A hum, a static that still flickers when we turn out lights, when the dark comes on. I had a body before this baby. Do you remember this small space, my darkness? Thank you. The end. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep bringing you great content. For show notes, upcoming events, and to participate in the Brooklyn Writers Project community, head on over to our website at www.brooklynwritersproject.com. Questions or comments? Send them to contact at lifelinespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Lifelines, the books podcast has been brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. Music for this podcast has been provided by Anthony Nuda of Noble Sense Productions.